0: Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Jazz and the Kings. They play January 18th. Sacramento will be here. Purchase a Ford Fans on all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. Visit the Ford Fans on on Level 6 for free Ford swag, jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. DJ PK, this morning we've been talking Utah Jazz. The win streak is five in a row. They're going for six in a row tonight in New Orleans against the Pelicans. It'll be 11 out of 12. A lot of people expecting wins. <laughs> Ryan asked when the next time they'll lose is. Ian says probably April, late April. You said that when the win streak gets in the 20s, then you'll be excited about it. Five-game win streaks are kind of a dime a dozen in the uh, in the NBA. Somebody's, I'm excited about them playing well. Somebody's always got a win streak going.
1: Yeah, whether they win five in a row or five out of six, it, it doesn't matter to me. It's the opportunity to play well. And whatever talent level you have, play to that level, and that's what's exciting, is this team is better than these 500 teams, obviously, and they're beating these teams that are 500 or worse, which is the way it should be. And that's what's the most exciting is achieve whatever talent level that you have. There's nothing worse. and really in life it is underachieving. That becomes so uh, torturous and regretful. You should be better, but when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that's when you usually have success, and that's what's cool about the way that they're playing. This is they should be beating these teams. And I'm not caught up in whether uh, this team is one game above 500 or below 500. They're all NBA teams on the schedule. And you have to play them every year. You know, Three or four times from over on this side, twice on the other side of the country. So go ahead and do those types of things. And that's exactly what they're doing. Because they're playing to their talent level. And that's what's exciting. Even in the loss to Miami... They played fairly close to their talent level. And then the one of the guys that you acquired expecting to have a significant impact is giving you zero. So that becomes a plus, I believe, when Conley gets himself healthy. So you will have what are we, we're like five weeks away from the trade deadline, you'll have, in a sense, I don't know when he's going to come back, next week, the week after? I have no idea.
0: Well, Um, you know, since he already came back once and re-injured it, uh, take the outside. I think they're going to be conservative with this. So then you're making an acquisition, in a sense, that you haven't had for
1: weeks. And you really haven't had the Mike Conley that we've expected, but maybe uh, less than a handful of games. So that's exciting, too, to see the opportunity for him to return. And I think he's savvy enough and veteran enough not to come in and start just jacking up a bunch of shots and this is my team and I come back like I did when I was hurt in Memphis or whenever those situations were. I wasn't following the situation in Memphis like we do here. But you would think that when, if he would have missed games when he came back, he's like, okay, he assumes his role. I don't think that he'll come in and just start being dominant, being a ball hog by any stretch. I mean, he's had an opportunity. He's, he sees even more than the rest of us how well the team is playing. He's got a front-row seat, literally. So that, to me, his return will be a positive.
0: Be interesting to see whose minutes he takes. Are they going to shave uh, a few minutes off everybody's playing time? Or are they going to sit somebody down? Because Moutier's been playing better. You know, some of Moutier's minutes or some of Clarkson's minutes. Try not to play Donovan Mitchell, such big minutes. Seen a lot of games where Donovan's at 35 minutes, even more than that.
1: Yeah, that's where I think it would come. Is maybe you can uh, buy some more minutes for Mitchell on the bench to get more of a blow, and so reduce his minutes because the other guys are not playing extended minutes. If you're in the 20s, uh, particularly you're you're in your age group, the 20s, and you're playing in the 20 you minute brand, you should
0: not be exhausted. No.
1: You know, occasionally you'll have some fatigue if it's a lot of travel and stuff, but overall, you know A couple of good night's sleeps and you should be able to be ready to go at that age So that's the way I think that would be and I think he'll you'll see a concerted effort for that man to fit in rather than Just be okay. I got to get I got to get my 20 I would assume he's beyond that. It's about I got to help this team win That's what I was brought in for and then as the season progresses if he's doing that and Blending in helping the team win then I see naturally if he's playing to the capability that he's shown for over a decade in the league Then I think naturally that he'll be Receiving more minutes and it'll be something that you won't be so startling It'll just happen and it will be a natural evolution, and that, that will help. And, and guys may get a couple of minutes cut here and there, but as long as the team is winning, nobody cares.
0: There is that. Yeah. Just win, baby. <clears throat> right. That's,
1: ultimately, that's all that matters.
0: After that, everyone will adjust. I mean, I every
1: one of them is millionaires, <clears throat> probably making way more money than they ever thought possible. So they're all living the high life that way. So and it's a good situation. So I th- I think that I think Conley's return will be a positive. And I anticipate that and I look forward to that. But the, <clears throat> the great thing about it is you're not counting the days. See a couple years back when George Hill was injured, when's George He's Hill to be healthy again? <laughs> and we need him.
0: How's how's the toe today? You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, we've hey. seen it with multiple players. Yeah. Frustrated with uh, boozers' long-term injuries, Kirilenko. Say Andre. When yeah. is Andre coming back? I'll be back three weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I don't know about Kirilenko. I would disagree on that. Well, it, it's all by the last year, because I don't, I don't know, know that he like was that. such a big positive to have on your team. Eventually, but early he was. But it was an every year thing with him.
1: But seemed like Hill was the most recent one. Yeah. Of man, we need this guy back. How's the toe? How's he walking today? How's he feeling? Conley's got a, a significant injury to causing him to miss a bunch of games and no one's really sweating it. We don't even hear about
0: it. Maybe a little bit with Favors in his back.
1: Uh, Yeah. We but we, we, It seemed like we, we came to that was like a, a, a Netto thing. Not quite as bad, but with Netto it seemed like if he played two or three games he was going to miss a few games. <laughs> so we just kind of rolled with that. Uh, favors, yeah. How is Favors going to be feeling today? But Favors, at his best here in recent years, Favors was a role player.
0: Not to diminish his role because he was very good at that. But playing halftime. Yeah. As opposed to, we were just talking about Donovan playing 35 minutes yeah, or more. And, and Hill
1: was playing big minutes. And he was a difference maker when he was healthy that one season. And I expect Conley will be a difference maker when he's healthy, or at least contribute to making a difference he may not literally himself individually be in a difference maker but he can add to the parts that can help it
0: well and the other thing figuring out where he fits in is uh you know they've aside from him they've had a really run of good health and that may not last so they may need him back because somebody else rolls an ankle and is out for a couple of weeks that all those decisions may fix themselves yeah, i would
1: imagine that that would come Somebody, somewhere, over the course of the next, uh, what do they got, 45 games or so? Uh,
0: a little more than that, but yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. They're under 50 now, I know that. Right. So I would, that, I would imagine that's
1: probably going to happen. Somebody, somewhere, somehow.
0: 47 games to go.
1: But the good thing yep. about it is, you know, you take a look at, at like a player like Carson Wentz. Injury prone. Right? He misses the playoffs. He misses the Super Bowl run. And then on the second series yesterday, he gets smacked from behind in the helmet, and he's out. And we just spoke of George Hill, Favors, Neto, Rubio to an extent. Seems like those guys had perpetual injury issues, and hopefully I'm not jinxing it, but the Jazz players that they have now outside of Conley – seem like they have durability, good health almost all the time. and is it is there something in someone's makeup that causes you to to get these nagging injuries every few weeks? I don't know the answer to that but all I know is those guys that we just mentioned seem to miss games more frequently They're like Joe Engels never misses games.
0: He doesn't. He's got the Iron Man streak going. He comes out,
1: and I used to know the trainers, but now I don't, and he would tell them to cut his eyelid to be able to go out and play.
0: <laughs> cut me, Mick.
1: Yeah, and blood streaming down his okay. face on, with yeah. a gauze bandage headband. All
0: right. Well, okay. it's the truth. <laughs> well,
1: it happened. That extreme. Oh, it was, too. He had blood. I, got a, I took a picture of it. I got it in my phone, and I took a picture of it. I'll have it forever. All I'm doing is looking at pictures of my dog now because he died last week. Go ahead,
0: Mitchell. Uh, the three Ironmen right now this year—Ingles, Mitchell, and Royce O'Neal—have made uh, have played every game. Boyan's only missed one, and Rudy's only missed two. So that's a that's a pretty good group right there. That's a that's that's pretty stellar. That's well above the NBA average. Locke always tells us it bounces around low to mid seventies.
1: Yeah, and those guys. They always seem to be playing and that's what's sweet
0: and I think Niang has missed six games but I have to go back and check those might be DNP CD the old coach's decision I think they were he was available but uh, they didn't go with him I don't recall any injury so that's a that's a pretty good run right there this is a this is a good run that the club is having so I would wallow in it I think Jazz fans are doing a good job of that. I would, and I am. And it ought to to go for a couple more weeks, and then things will pick back up. Then the schedule starts getting peppered with uh, playoff teams. Even better. Yes. A a truer evaluation. The
1: wins won't be piling up, probably at the same rate. But the intensity and the fun nature of the games will be, I would think,
0: Indiana, Dallas, Houston, and Denver all in the last, uh, the end of this month. End of this month? Yep. Indiana, Dallas, and Denver. Okay. Indiana, Dallas, and Houston are all coming in here. They do go to Denver, and it's on the second night of a back-to-back, which is why a lot of people were penciling that in as a loss on our Facebook page. Because I asked, when are the Jazz going to lose again?
1: I don't think I give Denver enough respect, and I'm going to continue to not give them enough respect. (laughs) Why is that? Built for the regular season? I mean, they're a really good team, but I look at them relative to the Jazz, and I think, well, Jazz should be able to handle them. I don't know why I think about that so easily
0: and dismiss Denver so easily. Because they've done so little in the postseason. Well, I mean, they've only had one run. Yeah. They won a series. The Jazz have won two series with these groups. Well, and I guess you could say with the Jazz... Zero. They didn't have... uh, Mitchell. I mean, Ingles and Gobert and Quint Snyder were there for that first run, but a lot of the other guys have turned over. A majority, yeah. It's a, it's a new
1: team. As, as Joe said, when Joe got here, now there's only, uh, once they peddled uh, Exum, it's just him and Gobert. That's it.
0: Turning it over.
1: Yeah. I mean, they really do come and go, which is why you got to enjoy the moment. Because the, at the pro sports level, and, and to a large degree in many levels, things don't last very long.
0: No. I think a lot of teams plan in, in kind of three-year cycles. Whatever you have three years from now, there, there's a decent chance a majority of the guys will turn over. So enjoy it now.
1: And I'm going to call a victory on that back-to-back. I'm going to wear my lucky jazz purple sweatshirt that day.
0: Because I'm undefeated with that shirt. What's that uh, What's that hoodie's record right now? It's only like 4-0. I've been judicious. <laughs> just in critical games. You're like an offensive coordinator in of football. You've got a big bag full of trick plays, but you just can't throw a steady diet of them out of there. you got to pick your spots, maximum impact. I
1: thought about wearing it, wearing it today, and then I thought, no, I'm not going to go there. It's not a big enough game. Although all of them count equally the same in the standings. Some have more implications than others, but literally none of them count more than any of the others.
0: They're all literally one, especially so, at this point. So you're going to save it for the 20th? Save it for the Pacers? Because they need everything you can get against the Pacers. When the Pacers were working them. Yeah, but that, working was, yeah, that was a bad stretch. Them, it, and also the roster was different then. The, that was It was a difficult road trip. They played a lot of good teams all in a row, and they hadn't made all these moves yet. They didn't have Clarkson at that point. They hadn't made the change at backup center. They hadn't elevated Niang's role. Uh, obviously, they've made multiple decisions here that have keyed this. I'd have to go back and check, but I think Ingles was still in the bench group. Yeah, he might've, that might have been right about the time he went into the starting lineup. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd it was a little bit before.
1: I expect them to be beating the Pacers at home. Let's go! Yeah. I think that was a different team. And and sometimes you see that over the course of seasons, is that things change. Because we talk about how things change, and you can't really uh, get used to something over the long term. But then in the next breath, bah, oh, the NBA season's such a long season. So we're doing a little bit of talking out of both sides of the mouth. But I guess both can be true. In the big picture, the roster turns over every couple years. There's significant change. But in the course of the season, you can see so many ebbs and flows because you play so many games. It doesn't necessarily have the staying power from season to season, but within the season, there are stretches. The Lakers, didn't they lose four in a row here recently? They did. Yeah. So... The Jazz had that, and that was that was awful, man. That was like, oh my gosh, these guys suck. They're getting killed. They're getting down. What were they down by forty against uh was it Toronto? Yes. Yeah, I mean that was that couldn't have been worse. Right? But even though we say these things don't last very long, that seems like it was a long time ago.
0: Lakers lost to Indiana, Milwaukee, Denver, and LA. And does that bring into question how good they will be in the playoffs? Staing say, it was a regular season, and LeBron knew it was a regular season. Do you think he and, did? And he'll crank it up in the playoffs. But will every, yeah, but will everyone
1: win Christmas Day?
0: Will everybody else be able to? Yeah, oh I actually think he absolutely did. They lost three in a row at that point. And everybody's watching. Yeah, he wanted to win Christmas Day. And it was Christmas night, wasn't it? And then they ended the streak because they got to play Portland, team of the losing record.
1: I can't say necessarily because it's too early that this thing is wide open. But right now, my inclination and intuition is to say there's four or five teams that could have a shot to represent the
0: conference. But I want more evidence. I may, I, I. when I say that... There's six teams close by records. So when you say four or five, which one or two are you kicking out of the pool? I, well, I'm, injuries are
1: going to factor in, so oh, okay. I don't know yet. That's okay. what I'm saying. I don't know... I'm just going I'm just looking at the group and saying all right. all right four or five of these maybe all six but four or five of these teams I could pick one but I may change that I want to be subject I want the availability to the the opportunity to subject to change my opinion because we're still not at the halfway point so March 15th I may say oh no no this is that's clearly not the case. What I thought at the beginning of January is completely different in March, and I may have one, two, maybe three teams that have really pulled away, and they are the dominant teams. I don't anticipate that happening, but I think there's a decent enough possibility to where I want to reserve judgment until we get there.
0: The Stat Geeks at 538.com, you know, they'll play out the computer simulations a gazillion times. They've got. Six teams with a chance of going, but the Clippers, a 33% chance of getting the finals, the Lakers, a 32. So basically, they're saying the other four teams have about a one third chance of getting there. And they split it up with the Rockets at 23%, the Nuggets at five, the Jazz at three, and the Mavericks at three. So, in the mix, but pretty dismissive. Well,
1: I want more evidence. I want more uh, opportunity. And I'll get that because they'll play a bunch of
0: games every now and then. 47 regular season games still to go. All right, DJ and PK, the next one is the Pelicans tonight. The Jazz in New Orleans. Donovan Mitchell tweeting out uh, about how loud the Superdome got. So, I assume he and some teammates got over there and enjoyed that game. Well, Guillory, New Orleans Pelicans uh, beat writer for The Athletic, joins us
2: next. Stay with us. And now, Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Utah Jazz take a five-game win streak into New Orleans tonight to play the Pelicans. Donovan Mitchell coming off a 32-point game and the win in Orlando. Game tips off at 6 o'clock. Pelicans have won six of their last eight games, but they are still 14th in the West. Our pregame show coverage starts at 5 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. Dante Exum coming off the bench in Cleveland, 28 points, a career high in just 24 minutes. Cavs were down by 17 when he caught fire. They took the lead, but the Timberwolves closed the game on a 22-6 run, and they win 118-103. Lakers get 20 blocks and beat Detroit 106-99. To Otago Vailoa, press conference at 10 a.m. today to announce whether he'll stay at Alabama or leave for the NFL. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homey will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homey. See more at homie.com.
2: This this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want.
0: I don't want to sound like I'm the defender of offensive line, but sometimes they don't have a voice. Sometimes nobody says anything for them. In fact, I'd say most of the
2: time nobody says anything for them. You you do sound a little bit like Sally Struthers. Be like, be the voice for those that have no voice. Be the voice for your offensive line. (laughs)
0: Sally Struthers can you not call me Sally
2: Struthers it's not how I want to start out my new year these large men don't have a voice (laughs) but you can for just $5 a day
3: and it's hot at the end of the day
2: catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3 presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network DJ and PK, time to talk
0: about the Jazz and the Pelicans. Will Gillery joining us, beat rider for The Athletic, covering the Pelicans. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung, tab A, for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Will, good morning. Good morning, man. How you doing? Good. So we are curious here. The Jazz are on a nice run here, beating a lot of uh, teams that have losing records. And here are the Pelicans, 14th in the West. That's lousy. However, they have won six of their last eight games. What is going on? Is it as simple as Derek favors is back averaging double-doubles? Did that change a lot? Is it something else that's turned things around?
3: Yeah, Derek is obviously a huge part of it, I think. Just his presence in the middle, uh, a guy you can trust, you know, in the paint, defending the room, uh, as well as the offensive and just making good decisions all the time and being a presence on the offensive boards. I think he's so important for this team just because they're so young, you know, just about every area, you know, rebuilding after the Anthony Davis era. With all of these young guys and all of these draft picks, I think having an older guy like Derek Favors, who you can trust night in and night out, I think is so important. And the other part, I think, is just all these young guys are finally coming together. You know, it was a completely brand-new team after they kind of broke it apart uh, post-Anthony Davis trade, and it took a couple of months just for them to figure out how to play together, how to win together, and now you kind of see those results happening, and now you see them winning games they're not supposed to win, or them, you know, competing against really good teams where they probably should be getting blown off the court, so I think uh, they're feeling really good about where they're at right now. They're much healthier than they've been all season, and I uh, I think Derrick Davis has been a big part of that for sure.
1: So when they were losing, we'd heard some rumors out there, rumblings. You know, they've got some veteran players in addition to the young guys, obviously a Drew Holiday and a J.J. Redick. Those guys have been around for several years and are proven commodities in this league, and we heard that maybe they might want to be interested in trading these guys. Is that something that is on the back burner now that they're playing well?
3: Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, I think even during the losing, the people within the front office are kind of pushing back on the idea that they would ever want to deal any of their vet guys. I think uh, they 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 think very highly of Drew Holiday. They think of him as not only a a huge presence on the court, but obviously a guy that that has a, a great effect on all of these young guys in the locker room, just the work ethic he brings, just the positive approach he has every game. I think they, they love that presence in the locker room, a guy that can set a good example for all these young guys, and I think the same thing is true for J.J. Redick. but now that they're winning, uh, I think they're feeling really good about where they're at, and obviously Zion Williamson's return is right around the corner, and <laughs> the thing about the Western Conference this year is that they went on a 13-game, losing streak started off 6-22, and and they're still right there for the A.T. You know, they can win a few more games and be right there, so I think uh, that helps them a lot. The fact that they don't have to feel like the the, the season is already lost because they got off to such a horrible start, uh, they can keep winning and kind of you know keep moving in a positive direction. Then then uh, making a run for the playoffs is, is a really uh, something that can really happen for this team, which is crazy to think. Uh, But I I think that they feel like they're putting it together at the right time and they can start stacking some wins up here with the schedule starting to ease up a bit and they can make a push and kind of become a scary team going into the playoffs just because they got so many different weapons and they're tough to handle when all of those guys are clicking. And then you got this wild card like Zion Williamson coming in and they're feeling pretty good about where they're at. Obviously, uh, this Utah team they're going to play tonight is going to be a big test. Uh, but I think they're, they're, they're feeling like they're trending in the right direction, and they've got the pieces to, to kind of make a push here for that eight seed.
0: I get why you want veteran players around uh, a team that's got some young guys and, you know, show guys like Zion, this is, I'm a vet, this is, how, this is how you do it in the NBA. But J.J. Reddick's 35 years old, and he's shooting 41% from three. You know, if I were in the Pelican front office, I might sit around and say, no way, no way, and I'd push back on all the rumors just trying to drive the price up.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the kind of the game everybody plays. But I mean, uh, the one thing about JJ that makes him so interesting is that he's a guy that's never really pushed for for that kind of, I want to be on a championship team right now thing. I mean, because think about it. Last summer, he was a free agent, and he had that opportunity. And he looked around at the, the NBA and said, I want to go to that New Orleans situation, even after Anthony Davis was gone. And understanding that that team was going to be building around Zion Williamson and Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker and all of these young guys, and I think JJ is one of those guys. He just embraces these type of challenges, and he wants to be on a team with young guys and be that veteran voice that kind of, you know, guides those guys in the right direction. Obviously, doesn't hurt that he's got, you know, a hundred Dukies on the team as well that he can kind of talk to every now and then. Uh, but I think. He's just that kind of guy. He's a different kind of guy. That's the one thing I can say, just being around him. He doesn't really prioritize the idea of just being on a championship right now team, even though he's at the latter stages of his career. I think he enjoys the challenge of kind of building from the ground up and kind of seeing these young guys go and being a big part of it. And obviously he didn't want to be on a team that was going to be last in the West. I think if they kept trending in that direction, he might have been ready to leave, but I think the fact that they're starting to win now, the pieces are coming together. Uh, Derek Famous is having a big impact. Drew Holiday is having a really good year. Even he probably wasn't as good as he was last year, but he's still, you know, he's one of the best two-way guys in this league. And you see these young guys starting to grow and figure out how to be successful in the league. And like I said, now that 18 is a reality, so I think uh, that kind of lit a fire under all of these guys, and they're kind of looking around and say, "Okay, maybe we started off pretty rough, but now that we're we're heading into Right direction, and now you can that 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 playoff light at the end of the tunnel is kind of keeping them uh, motivated and uh, allowing them to kind of not look around and be ready to kind of uh, run out the back door as soon as possible. Uh, the way kinda, a lot of people think they are.
1: So you mentioned Zion, when's he due back? Do you know?
3: Yeah, I would say uh, he's been ramping up his activity a lot in the past few weeks and started off with him just shooting uh, before games and now he's doing stuff off the dribble. He was, you know, catching alley-oop live from assistant coaches while we are in L.A., so I think he's getting really close from everybody i talked to. I think uh, they want to get him maybe two or three more practices under his belt just to c- kind of get him used to playing against other guys, you know, going through contact drills and stuff like that, but I would say within the next few weeks, uh, I think is. Reality. The reality is one bad part about the NBA schedule is just that it's so tough to get actual practices in because of the travel schedule, because the team's playing back-to-backs. You want to give them certain nights off, especially with vet guys like JJ Reddick and Drew Holiday on the roster. So I think they want to get him a few more practices in. But I think January is definitely the month. So I think he will definitely be back this month. It's just a matter of when they can get those practices in in with him, so he can kind of uh, get his legs under him and get used to just playing the game again, but I think he's, he's very close at this point, and I would say right around uh, I would say maybe the next time Utah comes to town, you know, right around that January 16th mark, I think is a date I have circle in my head for the past couple of weeks.
0: Frank Jackson is one of those dookies you mentioned in passing. He also went to Lone Peak High School here in Utah. Uh, His playing time is down. His shooting and three-point percentage is down. Uh, Where do you think this is headed for him?
3: Yeah, I think Frank is just, you know – uh, in a tough situation, just because of the way this Pelicans roster is built, they just got so many guards. It's kind of insane how many guards they have and how many guys they want to get playing time. Another guy uh, that they really like is Nikhil Alexander Walker, who they wish they could get playing time, but they just <laughs> don't have enough room in the rotation. When you got Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, J.J. Redick, uh, Etuan Moore has been playing really well as a late another veteran guy. I think they would like to get these young guys on the court, uh, but there's just so many uh, guards and so many perimeter. The players they want to get playing time to it is just tough, and I think Frank is a the guy they tried to get more time to recently. We saw him get some uh, pretty good minutes under his belt out there in Sacramento the last time out, so I think they would like to see him out there. They really like his development. They love you know uh, anybody that knows Frank knows he's just, just such a, a great guy, and everybody loves being around and everybody loves playing with him. And I think they they would like to get him more time, but I just think they're just so deep in the backcourt right now. It's tough, uh, but I think if he keeps progressing the direction he's going right. Right now, I think he's going to get more playing time moving forward just because they really like his athleticism. They like the fact that he's just another aggressive guy on the offensive end that can hit some perimeter shots. And they want to have those guys around, uh, obviously, the Zion Outweans and the Ingrams of the world because uh, the more attention those guys get, the more shots Frank Jackson can hit uh, you know, from the perimeter. And I think that's something he can uh, find a lot of success doing. It's just a matter of... You know, being more consistent and just being a better presence on the defensive end, which is something, you know, all young guys have to go through. But I think he's starting to trend in the right direction. And the fact that he's been committed, even though his minutes have been up and down, I think that's something the team uh, really likes about him. And they would like to see him on the court more often.
1: How come Lonzo Ball's father hasn't created the furor that he would do in Los Angeles? (laughs)
3: I think it's kind of fortunate for Lonzo that his younger youngest brother uh, LaMelo's out there in Australia trying to trying to become the next number one pick in, the, in this summer's draft so I think uh, LaVar's kind of been a little busy with that we got to see a LaVar side out there in LA though when they played the Lakers you know a couple of days ago so that was something kind of, to see him sitting courtside again and you know, walking around in the hallways and stuff like that but I think just being in New Orleans, I think it's good for Lonzo uh, just to kind of be away from that circus that was surrounding him in L.A. I think uh, I, I talk to people all the time about how crazy it is that Lonzo uh, kind of came from LeVar <laughs> just because they're so polar opposite in their personalities. And, and Lavar is this boisterous, you know, uh, kind of guy who talks all kind of trash and tells everybody how great he is and how great his sons are. And Lonzo's just kind of the opposite. He's kind of this reserved guy. He's quiet. He doesn't, you know, do a whole lot of chest beating he just goes goes about his work day in and day out and I think being in this situation in New Orleans kind of fits him much more than the Lakers ever did because now he could just focus on basketball all of the tv stuff and all of the commercials and everything and the shoe brand and I think putting that stuff behind him has been the best thing that happened to him just for his overall game and obviously a big part of that also is just getting healthy I think one of the things that hurt him a lot at L.A. is just he was constantly dealing with ankle issues and back issues and all kind of different stuff, and now he's just kind of getting his feet under him, and you're seeing just the talent come out and just the athleticism he plays with and the speed he brings to the game. And it's so valuable for this Pelicans team, and I think it's a perfect fit with the way Alvin Gentry wants his team to play the game, and now he's scored 20-plus points in three straight games something he never did, you know, coming into this season, and He's shooting the ball really well, you know, playing really good defense. And I think he's really starting to find himself in this Pelicans offense and just within this Pelicans organization. And I think it's only going to get better for him because I think he, he has such a great connection with Zion Williamson before Zion went down. And I think getting Zion back and having that point guard that can feed him and get him shots and get him those lob dunks, I think they're going to be a perfect fit together, and I think they kind of look at Lonzo as a guy that they can really see as a kind of a cornerstone of this franchise moving forward, along with Zion, Brandon Ingram, and a lot of those other young guys.
0: So, is this going to be a quiet crowd for this game? Is everybody going to have a Saints hangover here after they got knocked out in overtime?
3: Oh, man, you had to bring that up, huh? <laughs> I think it's going to be a uh, definitely a rough day for a lot of Pelicans fans and Saints fans for sure around the city do We got our hearts broken again in the NFL playoffs. It's like a huge thing now, but I think the fans are just kind of excited about the, the, the potential of this Pelican team now. The Saints are mm-hmm. over, and they're past that, and they're all just kind of waiting and, and biding their time until dying, uh kind of kick off, and I think you're gonna see that in the in the arena tonight, just people kinda, of, you know, just, just waiting to kinda of seeing what's going on with this team and just keeping an eye on their progress because we know once Zion comes back, uh, the circus is gonna be following this team twenty four seven and everything they do and everything he does. And so now that the season is over, I think a lot of the people are going to become invested in this team, and they're hoping that a lot of that starts tonight, and maybe they can, you know, get more one more win under their belt and move closer to that Zion return. And once it happens, uh, I think they're hoping to kind of take and that's the city over, not the Saints again.
0: Will, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys. Will Guillory. Rights for the Athletic, covers the New Orleans Pelicans, and it's the Jazz and the Pelicans tonight. Game is at 6 o'clock, pregame at 5 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. We're going to take a break. When we come back, this guy sucks. Who had a bad weekend? We will get to that next. Stay with us. Take the Zone
2: with you wherever you go. Hey, let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Third and goal from the floor. Kirk takes the snap, looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught! Touchdown! The Minnesota Vikings have beaten the New Orleans Saints 26-20 in overtime, and this game indeed was a San Francisco treat.
0: There is the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on The Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. Now, let's find out who sucked.
2: As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. sucks like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, who sucked
0: this weekend, PK? I think there's a couple potential nominees out there. It's not every day you can say Drew Brees sucked, but those were two critical turnovers. The fumble. Into 25. They're going to kick a field goal and tie it or score a touchdown and take the lead in the middle of the fourth quarter, and he just dropped the ball.
1: Literally. Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's clearly time to turn Pass the torch over. Franchise over. Offensively, defensively, special teams. I don't play
0: tonight for the Pelicans, for that matter. Taysom Hill plays in the wrong era. Remember before the platoon? No, me neither. But I've read about it before they were platooning, and you had to play both sides. Can you imagine Taysom Hill? Yes, the ultimate weapon. Yes, I can imagine
1: Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is one of the five greatest athletes I've ever seen.
0: Who are the other four? Uh, Bo Jackson. Good one. So you go Dion then too? Secretariat. <laughs> you always do that to start an argument. <laughs> starting an argument? You always do
1: it when I say it. It's not an argument. Who else you got? Mike Trout.
0: Mike Trout. Yeah. Modern day Mickey Mantle.
1: If you want to put in uh, Dion, that'd be a nice one. What am I up to four?
0: Uh, no trout. Trout's five. I think. I think you're done.
1: Taysom is right there with anybody. His athletic ability is just—he
0: was dominating in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, granted, poor tackling, but so what? He still uh, took the hit on his because he was running through guys. Wrap up. Your coach is yelling. Now. I mean, he's
1: that type of player. He provide or combines the power and strength and speed, all those things. He's got it. I mean, there's literally nothing that he's going to do on the football field that's going to surprise. And I get the uniqueness of it because it's not done, and so that's why it's fresh. But he Everyone was even
0: doing a it, fresh story. He was doing it in the regular season. You get me? Oh, he ran for four yards. He was doing it at a higher level with bigger plays, with more at stake in the playoff game. Yeah. That was impressive yesterday. Even if you thought he was impressive during the regular season, that was more impressive. But it's not not surprising. Uh the other guy I thought sucked Jadavian Clowney. Come on, he was down. It was helmet to helmet. This guy sucks. You, you spared him. I mean you knocked him out of the game. Good for you, but no wonder the guys are saying that is a cheap shot. He was going to the ground and you dove at him head first. Come on. What guys were saying? On the field, the uh the offensive linemen were Talking to him? Oh, they were. Yeah, I read a story about it after the game.
1: Oh, okay, I must have missed that because he says that he denies any intent.
0: You went into him helmet first, and and maybe it's it's football and that's just what you do. So but should it was helmet to the
1: helmet because then that would eliminate that.
0: Theoretically, yes, they should have called well, it. But see, they could have called it anyway because it was helmet to helmet.
1: Yeah, but they, they like it seems like. The NFL, That's more callers. The pros, that.
0: they don't. know. they don't. Know.
1: Concussions don't seem to matter in the NFL. <laughs> they
0: really don't. <laughs> they do. We're really concerned about player safety. Well, what about that guy it's who the, just uh, dove yeah. into him while he was falling down, head to head? Well, you know, do you really? You hardly ever see it. They rarely. F- it's called. They call it helmet to helmet contact. And it's it seems like targeting. it's
1: once, twice, three times and in a college you, game. It
0: usually has to be defenseless. Like if it's a Correct. receiver, mm-hmm. then they'll call it. But if it's a ball carrier and he was a runner, yeah, right. So
1: should he have slid?
0: Uh, well, in retrospect, it's easy yes. to say absolutely. That, he that comes up. up with the and, and, the- and you he know, always was, slide. Yes, I, I think so. I think the quarterback's too valuable. Unless it's fourth I, and whatever, and you I think need that,
1: that particular yardage.
0: I think quarterbacks. I think we're seeing more quarterbacks get good at still running and extending plays, and sometimes taking off downfield. I think the the master. Lots of people do it. Now, Lamar Jackson makes more big plays, but I think Russell Wilson makes big plays without putting himself at risk better than anybody. He, he sees contact come and he gets down. He is not going to let himself get knocked out of games. But he still makes big plays. In that Philly game, he extended a couple of plays that led to big plays.
1: Extension
0: of plays, I don't think there's
1: anybody better in the league.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I I think his decision-making, when he pushes the envelope and then when he just drops and hits the ground, I think his decision-making is excellent. And we're just sitting on a couch watching him, and he's in the moment with big guys running at him. And I think you see him get out of bounds, you see him hit the ground, you're like, you are... Smart. You are going to extend your well, career. Oh, he combines everything
1: that you need for an NFL quarterback. He's got the talent. He's got the skill. He's got the brains. He's got the wherewithal in and, the moment.
0: And he's got to stay healthy to keep the Seahawks season alive. And so he he slides. You know, Wentz, is he injury prone? I don't think it's so much injury prone because I think if a big guy dives at your head, that would happen to a lot of people. I think it's more decision making. You know, you, you ran and put yourself at risk. But it's the first play of the second series of his first playoff game. It's really not that surprising. And it's bad luck for him that Clowney was there. And
1: So you think Clowney's a dirty, I made a dirty I thought dirty
0: Clowney went at him head first. I think that's a late hit and a dirty play. This is a Clowney play. Let's see what you did there. You got anyone else you want to throw on this list? Drew Brees, Jadavian Clowney. I think it's pretty yeah. clear they had a bad weekend. Uh, well, the thing is Clowney won the game. So you can say this guy sucks, but I can't say he had a bad weekend because he's moving on.
1: I'm going to go to the Hollywood crowd,
0: have my guy just blast them. Right out of the gate. Gervais. Rookie Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> you, didn't, uh, you didn't mind the uh, multiple profanity? They had to bleep Come up him. Come up here, accept your little award. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, agent. Thank your God. And, and bleep, bleep off. Bleep.
1: We don't need you with your political takes because you already know what your political takes are. You're gonna, there's no new thing you could tell us. We already know what every one of them believes. And so to put them in their place,
0: I thought, and I've always thought they suck. But you were watching it, or oh, you just saw it on Twitter? Not. Yeah, I saw, it, I saw it on Twitter. No, I wasn't watching it. I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't watch any of those things, and that has nothing there's to do gonna with be politics.
0: A, there's going to be a stream of award shows now. It's the start of the I, year. I've told you, the only ones I watch. Country Music Awards. And the Grammys. That's it. Those are your two. If they're involving your two, music. Your two guilty pleasures. I'll watch. Yeah, but there's more music shows than that. Uh, Billboard's got some show. There's multiple those country are the music shows. That, yeah. But those are the only two you go for. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12.8 of the zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up next, our basketball insider. We'll talk with him about the Jazz and the three-point shooting. Stay with us.